is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi there, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 523, recorded Tuesday, March the 30th, 2021. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. Hello Jason, also welcome to the show. Thank you Christopher, welcome to yourself. Thanks, good to have you here. Good to see you. Not like I don't talk to you every day, but good to to have you on board. Well, we we haven't been chatting a whole lot lately. I think you've been busy. Not as much as, as some other times in the past. I have been a little bit busy. Lots going on. Lots going on at work. Good and bad. I mean, I guess it's good to be busy, right? Yeah, it's good to be busy. All right. You know, out of the two problems, it's a better one to have. I suppose, yeah. Jason, I'm trying something new tonight. Okay. I was feeling really sleepy earlier, and uh, I thought, boy, oh boy, I should just go to bed right now, but I can't because I got to record a podcast. So instead of drinking tea tonight, I'm drinking coffee. Oh, coffee. I was going to, I was going to guess cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not going to do that. That would be a terrible idea. You're trying coffee at nine o'clock at night. I'm drinking coffee at nine o'clock at night. My wife says to me, you're crazy. You're going to be up all night. And I said, I don't know. I've never tried this before. We'll have to see how it goes. I'm drinking coffee as well, but it's not new for me. Right. And uh, there's three types of people in the world for, for as far as uh, chemicals go. Okay. The way, the way I figure it. There's people like my wife, there's people like me, and then there's normal people. So the people <laughs> like my wife are whatever the dosage is, she has to take half because things seem to work doubly on her. She drinks coffee, she gets wired. Uh, so whatever dosage uh, they recommend for anything, she has it. I have to double it. I see. <laughs> uh, because things do not work on me. I have to I have to max out if I have a headache and I decide to take something, which is rare because I've lived my whole life with getting headaches and then not taking anything for it. So if I take something, uh, if I just take the recommended dosage, dosage uh, that doesn't generally work. So I have to double up on everything. So caffeine... Generally speaking, I could have a cup of coffee at nine o'clock at night and not be overly effective, uh, affected by it and still fall asleep, no problem. Well, I, I don't know what's going to happen for me because I do drink tea, but I often drink, you know, caffeine-free varieties of tea in the evening. So I, I don't know. We're going to see how this goes. If, if I end up talking really fast or, or anything like that, let me know and uh, yeah. I'll find out if I can go to sleep later tonight when we're done. Yeah, well, and we'll talk about it next time because if you, you know, start messaging me at four o'clock in the morning, say, hey, hey, are you still up? Because <laughs> I've gotten those at like one before, but. From me? Uh, from you, yeah. Like, the other night, we had, there was audio issues and you texted me after midnight. Oh, hey, yeah. are you still up? I wasn't, but uh, they, they, it happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I it, it, yeah, I try not to do it too late, but you know, if it's I, I 4 or 5 a.m., then. It's know. not, uh, it's not like it bothers me. My phone, both our, my wife's phone and mine ding all night long for various reasons and it never bothers us. So okay. I would never, uh, I would never curtail your messaging me at all hours. Doesn't bother me. I won't respond because I ignore them. <laughs> Noted. Yeah. Every five minutes from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. If you had the fortitude, mental fortitude to do that, I encourage it. If you could actually buckle down and text me or message me every five minutes all night long, I would applaud that effort. Okay. Well, keep that in mind. All right. Well, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, we'll see if I can stay awake, which so far so good. And uh, we can get started. We're, of course, here to recap the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. So why don't we jump right in, Jason? Surely. Walking Dead Season 10, Episode 21. Diverged. 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 Thank you, Clive, Nathan, and Gail, for those title reads. See, I would have gone with Diverged. <laughs> Diverged. <laughs> yeah, why not, really? <laughs> uh, I guess it's just as close, just as valid a pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, well, there's no, you know, just because it's written down doesn't mean it has to be pronounced that way. No, that's very true. That's how accents and dialects work. Yeah, like if you write down the word slimy, it looks like slimy. Slimy. Your brain wants to read it slimy. 
It does? That, my mind does. All right. Fair enough. Well, this one is called Diverged. It's episode 21 of season 10. And we begin with Daryl and Carol walking down a forest path. So we're back with Daryl and Carol, uh, who we haven't seen since the second episode of the bonus season, I think. Yeah. And so this uh, episode, before we start, this one had to, it had to kick me in the pants. Because the last episode, I went on about how these uh, episodes only have a single storyline. They don't have an A storyline and a B storyline. And then they come out with this bad boy which uh, the whole point is to have two separate storylines. So, uh, it, yeah, it, I, I feel, um, <sighs> I feel like somebody sat me down and had a talking to me. Would you consider this an A storyline and a B storyline or two A storylines or two B storylines? How would you categorize this one? Two storylines. Two storylines. Well, uh, I would could say A and B. Not that A is bigger than B, like a lot of times it is. Like there's a primary storyline and a couple of little secondary ones. Yep. Uh, these were two equally weighted storylines, but they're still A and B because you have to designate them somehow. One and two. All right. Well, Daryl and Carol walking down a forest path. They're not really talking. She pulls out her water canteen, but can't get it open. So he offers her a pocket knife to slice it open, I guess. She does so, then shares the water with him, but she doesn't return the knife. Oops. Important to remember that. They come to a fork in the path. They wish each other good luck. Carol goes one way. Daryl goes the other way. And Dog follows Carol. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Happy Jack wrote, holy crap, Dog went with Carol instead of Daryl. Awkward. Well, he knew that uh, Carol was on her way back home, right? So he'd have a nice comfy bed and be able to relax and stuff. Whereas going with Daryl probably meant uh, being up all night and, you know, not doing lazy dog things. I I guess so. But also dog has spent by far the most of his time with Daryl. So you'd think he'd want to stick with him, but he doesn't. He goes with Carol. Which I don't believe necessarily. Like, I don't think that a dog would behave this way. You think he would go with his like regular owner? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, uh, I know someone, I know a family and they have a dog and, um, this dog generally sticks with the, uh, one family of the member because that, sorry, one member of the family, because that person was home most of the time when they got the dog originally. And oh, yeah. the dog seems to have imprinted on that person. So... I think a dog probably would have gone with Daryl as well, but you could be right. Maybe somehow he knew Carol was going home and he'd have a nice place to live and a dog bed or a people bed to sleep on and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I've noticed over the last uh, couple of years? What's that? More and more, I'm finding more and more people are taking puppy maternity leave. They get a new puppy and they take vacation time to spend the first couple of weeks with the puppy at home. What? That's a thing? I don't know, but I've known a few people that have done this, like three or three, two or three people that have taken vacation to normalize a new puppy. Wow. In their lives. So it's puppy paternity leave or puppy maternity leave. Okay. Well, I mean, I can see that. You got to spend some time getting the dog acclimatized and trained and things like that. Which is really odd because in the last year, you know, the, the number of uh, people getting new puppies has skyrocketed. Yep. Right. Because people are home and they're like, you know what? I want companionship now that I'm at home all the time. Uh, <laughs> and they get a dog, which kind of means they don't really need to take puppy paternity leave or puppy maternity leave, but people are still doing it. You got to get, you got to bond with the new puppy, right? Yes, you absolutely do. Anyways, we go to our opening credits and when we come back, uh, Daryl gets on his bike, starts it up and heads off. So off he goes. that's what he was doing. We quickly cut over to Carol. She has returned to Alexandria. As she's walking towards her house, she picks up an old discarded like scarf or something on the ground. Hard to tell what it was. I thought it was uh, entrails of some kind. <laughs> but at first I'm like, what's she doing? But not, not entrails. It no. was sort of pink like that, but I think it was a yeah. scarf. Yeah, it was something like that. So she takes Dog to Daryl's place, gives him some water. She chats with Dog about Daryl and her relationship with him. Uh, She says things like she didn't need an apology from him. You know, just 
whatever. They'll, he, he went his own way. They maybe spend some time apart kind of thing. She says something that I really liked about apologies. She says apologies are like a truce. They don't solve anything, which I kind of like. And I think I'm going to adopt that as a philosophy in my life in that, you know, apologies are fine and everything, but fix the problem. Don't just apologize for doing the thing that's bad. I mean, an apology can fix a problem. Uh, like it can, or like if, you know, if there's no problem to fix other than you were a dick, an apology can, can solve that, I think. But don't, don't do that again, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, an apology doesn't, uh, correct the behavior. It just acknowledges it. It's the acknowledgement of, uh, you know, I did something wrong. Sure. That, that's all fine and good, but don't do something wrong. That would be my preference. Don't uh, feel like uh, an apology is, makes up for doing the thing that's wrong. That's just acknowledging that you did it. Yeah, Don't fair it enough. Again. You're right. You, you have to not do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like my philosophy of the, the difference between a reason and an excuse. A reason is, you know, why you did something. An excuse means I did this and it's not my fault. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, reasons are all well and good. An excuse they're really, really far and uh, few and far between. Yeah, I do feel like people confuse those a lot more often too than you think. Uh, anyways, I have a holy crap here from Jennifer. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jason. It's Jennifer in Minneapolis. And holy crap, did you hear Carol say, smells like Daryl? Yeah, so when they walk into the place, that is the first thing Carol says. It smells like Daryl in here. Yep. <laughs> but that's okay. She's... A She's talking to a dog. So, you know, that's the first thing the dog noticed too, probably. Oh, probably. I mean, dogs are much better at that than, than we are. Right. Uh, we're good at faces. Like humans are really good at recognizing faces and small little distinctions. But smells, you know, the smell has to be pretty distinctive. And at least for me, it has to be pretty distinctive to, uh, to pick up on it and to be able to tell the difference between it. Like I can tell the difference between French fries and... I'm going to say ice cream, but you can't really smell ice cream. Weird. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, you know, two faces where a dog is very good at the, you know, differentiating smells. Yep. And they're probably not that great at faces. No, I've heard that very thing, actually, that they don't. They You smell much more uh, acutely to identify different people. Yeah. You, you've seen, like, watched YouTube videos of dogs that have been reunited with their... Uh, uh, with their people mm -hmm. after being apart for a very long time. And, you know, seeing that person from across the room, they're, you know, they're hesitant and not really sure, but once they get a whiff of them, they get super excited. So it's, uh, it smells, but if that house or Daryl's place smells so strongly that a human being can distinctly smell Daryl, it's really got to smell like boy in there. Well, I mean, let's be honest, Daryl probably stinks most of the time and i wouldn't be surprised if he has a rather unique stench well here's also that, the other and that's thing that's okay it is okay <laughs> uh, uh daryl probably smells like dog right and his place small probably smells like dog so yeah. when carol says you, it smells like daryl maybe she's saying it smells like you dog yeah maybe i wouldn't be surprised about that too if dog spends spends enough time there rolling around on everything and you know, lying in the bed and doing all the things that it looks like he enjoys doing. Yeah. And on the side, on the side note, uh, I remember the one and only time I've ever recognized somebody by their smell before I ever actually saw them. I walked into an apartment I was sharing with a friend of mine. And, uh, as soon as I walked in and I could smell that patchouli, remember when people wore patchouli all the time, that fucking patchouli stink. Anyway, I walked in and it was so pervasive. I'm like, Oh my God, Sean is here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird memory, but okay. I smelled her long before I could get into the, into the apartment. Well, there you go. Back to the episode. Uh, later on, Carol is out. She's chatting with Jerry. So Jerry's in this one who's gardening. She's kind of looking for something to do, but everything she suggests, Jerry says that either somebody's handled it or, you know, we don't, we don't need that done right now. And Carol suggests that she'll like clean up and mend the scarf she found. I mean, she's desperate for something to do, but otherwise there's really just nothing obvious going on that she can help out with until Jerry realizes he's hungry and Carol says that she can cook something up. 
so that's, that's a great idea. She decides on making soup, but he also says that they had that the solar panels are broken and they had to throw out a bunch of grain due to rats. So oh, I mean man. that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that if you're hungry, yeah. You know, making a soup from scratch or having someone make soup from scratch, it's too late. Like it's too it's too late for soup. You got to think of something else. You can't say I'm hungry. I might as well start a soup. It just doesn't seem to work because that takes hours, right? Well, not all the ingredients. Not all. not always, but generally speaking, it's got to take a while. Well, if you're hungry, it's too late. It's too late to start soup. All right. Well, fair enough. But she's gonna make a soup. We go over to Daryl briefly, his bike breaks down, he checks it, and he finds a severed pipe or something, I don't know, fuel line maybe, uh, so he heads off on foot. So Daryl's out there doing other stuff, checking the last few places he wants to check before he comes back, but his bike breaks down. Yeah, bike problems. Yep. Back with Carol, she's in the pantry slash garage, and she's looking around for whatever ingredients she can find to start working on the soup. We get a brief cooking montage here, or sort of ingredient preparation montage, but then dogs start making noise. Uh, she goes in and finds him in the other room, like just tearing the place up, pulling stuff off the walls. He knocks over a lamp, just making a big mess. Yeah. So she cleans up a bit and notices some rat crap. So I think dog was agitated and or chasing a rat around the place, and we know that there were rats in the wheat. So there's definitely some rat activity going on here. He's probably also regretting his decision about leaving Daryl uh, and he misses him. Could be, could be upset about not being around Daryl. That's true. But dog runs into the kitchen and he ends up dumping the soup pot. So that's a huge bummer because that was Carol's whole reason for existing right now. Mm -hmm. And the cooking montage kind of turns into a rat trap creation montage so yeah. she builds this rat trap out of a box, then places it down and leaves the garage. So we better catch that rat. Otherwise, dog is going to be upset even more and she's not going to be able to make her soup. Yep. So we've got MacGyver A storyline. MacGyver A. MacGyver, rat trap MacGyver? R you know, soup and rat trap MacGyver. Okay. Uh, in the A storyline. We'll, uh, we'll get to the MacGyver B storyline. <laughs> okay. Well... Carol heads out to find some ingredients because they were knocked on the floor. She passes Jerry on the way and outside the gates, she encounters a bunch of zombies. So she pulls out her knife and starts stabbing, but we go to a commercial. Was this, that was supposed to be funny, right? Uh, what, the whole dog sequence or? No, the, the, the zombie thing and, uh, the, with the music and her being all lightheaded, lighthearted, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you're first and you're next and then you, and then you, and then you, uh, you know, we're, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid for the buddy cop comedy that we're going to be uh, getting with the Carol and Daryl show, uh, after the main show ends, cause they're setting up Carol to be the funny one. Uh, and Daryl to be the serious one. And I'm concerned. I kind of, well, I don't want that either. Like, I don't think that's a good setup. And uh, this scene, yeah, it was a little bit uh, whimsical in the way you're right. She said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill you. And then we just go to commercial. And so I didn't really, like, I didn't laugh. I didn't really think about it as being funny, but you're right. It was a strange approach to it. Um Overall, Man. Carol was um, maybe a little less intense than usual this episode. She was less intense. Or, and, or was uh, she intense in a different way, you know? She was being cutesy. It was cutesy what she was doing. I don't know if it was necessarily funny, but it was kind of a quirky, cutesy, uh, zombie apocalypse kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was. It was a little different for her than what we usually see. And Daryl's apartment was pretty pigsty-y uh, and messy and smelly. So uh, they're doing an odd couple thing here too. Like it's not only Buddy Cop, but it's, uh, you know, Carol the organized one and Daryl the uh, the messy, stinky one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I have concerns. Yeah, I hear you. Well, we come back from the commercial break and we immediately get some close-up shots of a dragonfly, a butterfly, a spider. Um, reminded me of the bloody grasshopper 
from a couple yeah. episodes ago, right? We we seem to really be enjoying the insect shots in these episodes. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, a lot of entomology in this one. Very much these, so. These episodes. While we see them, we hear Carol killing these zombies, and when she's done, she grabs her bucket of ingredients and uh, heads home. I guess. We go back over to Daryl. He, of course, is on foot. He comes across a few old abandoned cars. So he scavenges one of them for the parts he needs to fix the motorcycle. But in one of them, there's a zombie. And instead of trying to kill it, he just figures, ah, you know, it's stuck in the car. It's fine. It can't hurt me. I'll just leave it alone in there. So he slides underneath the car to get something, I guess. Meanwhile, the zombie moves inside, and I guess this car is on blocks or something, but it shifts, yeah. and it almost falls and crushes him. So it's off the off the road, right? So it's on yeah. an uneven terrain. So, uh, But still, you never crawl under an unsecured vehicle, it right? Just, if there's one wheel off the ground because it's on uneven terrain, don't go under the car, dumbass. It seems like a terrible idea. In fact, in fact leaving the zombie alive in there... Seems like a terrible idea, too. Daryl knew it was there. It wasn't like it was hiding or the windows were all fogged up or something. He just was like, it's not a threat. I'm going to leave it alone. When I was thinking to myself, a zombie in a car is a fairly easy target because you can open the door and stab it before it really has a chance to get out at you. So why not take yeah. it out and then crawl under the car? You know what I mean? I do. Now, well, a couple other things here. Uh, one, uh, leaving the zombie in the car, the zombie crawled from the back seat or from the front seat to the back seat and then back into the front seat. Uh, you know, and we know that zombies have residual memories, but when was the last time you crawled from the front seat into the back seat without getting out of the car? Yeah, no, as a kid, probably. Well, as a kid, like Jasper does it all the time. He gets out of his seat once the car is parked and he starts crawling around. Uh, can I come up and push some buttons? Whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but as an adult, <laughs> the last time I tried this, I tried, uh, going from the, the back seat to the front seat after we had dropped somebody off. Same friend that, uh, uh I was living with that, uh, his stupid girlfriend was over and I could smell her from a mile away. Uh, I played in a band with her for many years, <laughs> oddly enough, but. Uh, the last time I tried it, it did not work so well. Like I crawled in and then I was upside down and I couldn't turn around and the car was driving at the time on the road. So mm. we couldn't pull over and it was, uh, it was an unpleasant, unsuccessful transfer from the back seat to the front seat. And I never tried it again. And that was, I was in my late twenties, maybe early thirties. Uh, -huh. uh, and there's not a chance in hell that I would do it now unless there was some kind of, uh, mortal danger. Emergency. Right. Yeah. So the zombie crawling around, well, it's a small thing, but I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. I mean, a zombie's not going to think, think it through as much as you clearly have, but I still think it would be tough for it to get from the front to the back that quickly. Anyways, I, I don't know. Maybe Daryl was lying under, under there for 20 minutes and, you know, well, he, it didn't seem like question. himself. We're, I'm sorry to focus on this, but here's my other question uh -huh. is the last time you were sitting in the passenger seat of a car and somebody was walking around the car and then went below the level of the windows, did you know where they were that you could go and try and find them? Well, like, I the mean. The windows are really kind of for other vehicles, not for someone crawling around underneath the car. Sure. But. Right, so how would the zombie know where Daryl was? Well. To he move. He just went towards the last place he saw him. I don't know. Either way, right. I think Daryl's the biggest moron in this scene for going under the car without knowing if it was secure and without killing that zombie. Yeah, there are no hospitals or emergency uh, personnel in this world anymore. Safety first, people. Safety first. Don't, do not put yourself in mortal danger uh, just because you need a part. And like, not only that, about it. he was alone, right? He was alone. There was no yeah. one even there to help him if he got into trouble. But luckily he does not, and he gets out and he's safe because he's Daryl. So good for him. Yeah. Back with Carol in Alexandria, she passes by Jerry. He asks what happened because she's covered in blood <laughs> from killing all those zombies. But she says, no big deal. Back in the garage, she, she starts working on the soup again and notices the rat trap is still empty. Mm. No rats. Rats are smart. They're not dumb. Well, 
for now, this one's pretty smart. We cut back to Daryl. We're going to go back and forth here for a minute. Uh, he's back at his bike and he tries to fix the bike, but he realizes that he didn't get his knife back from Carol and now he needs it. So Damn it. he pulls out his like giant head stabbing knife, tries to use it instead. That's not going to work. It's not really a fine implement. No, no, it's it not. Works. It works. It's a great knife, but it's not the kind of knife he needs for what he's trying to do. MacGyver. This is MacGyver uh, storyline B MacGyver. Very good. Story B, MacGyver. And so Daryl walks off, pushing the bike. There's nothing he can do. Back with Carol. She fixes the solar panels using Daryl's knife. Isn't it lucky that she still had it? Yeah, and, and it's a good thing that she was there or nobody else would have been able to plug in that wire. It was just too complicated for anybody else in the entire society uh, to tip the thing up and then plug in the wire. You know what? It could be that they were all monopolized on other things at the moment and no one really maybe needed power, but she wanted to use her hot pot for the soup. So maybe, but you're right. It seems like a fairly easy job to fix the solar panels. I, I got a problem with that pot, but we'll get to that. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Jerry strolls by while she's doing that. Ask if, asks if she needs help, but she's got it covered. I think back in the garage, she flips on the power and kind of seems surprised that it worked, to be honest with you. But uh-huh. the power did come on. Back with Daryl. He's pushing the bike still. He comes to some train tracks and there are some zombies around. So he kickstands the bike and takes a look at the zombies through binoculars. And he notices one in military fatigues. Mm-hmm. So he walks along the tracks towards the zombies. He passes by most of them. A lot of them start to follow him. And then the military zombie falls down like a creek embankment or something like that. He goes after it, falls into the ditch himself, ends up with the zombie on top of him, and it almost takes him out. But he's able to grab his big head stab and knife, which has fallen to the ground, and he kills it. Yep. Safety first, Daryl. He searches the body, finds a small, uh, like multi-tool style knife mm-hmm. that he needs, which is great. So he heads back towards the bike without killing any of the other walkers who seem to have just disappeared. I don't know where they all went because they were following him down those train tracks. Um, So this was important. uh, An important aspect here was that while he was searching this military person, uh, he found magazines of ammo. And he took them. And he, he, I thought he left them. Oh no, I thought he took them because he oh, searches he put them in his bag. Yeah, he searches another zombie later, finds more too, but no no weapon, just the magazines. Um but you're right, he doesn't just find the knife, he finds the the ammo as well. Yeah, I thought uh I got the impression that he pocket put them back in his pockets. The uh, I'm going back and I'm looking to see if he put them in his bag or whether he what he did with them. Okay, well I I th- I thought he took them and I did think to myself I wonder why. I mean, I guess maybe they might still work, but do they even have the gun that they fit in? Maybe they do. I don't know. We haven't seen them use guns in a long time like that. So I am not sure. I'm not sure. It looks like, I think you're right. I think he took them. I just, I'm a little surprised. I think he also finds like some cigarettes and a couple other things too. We know Daryl smokes or occasionally does anyways. Well, I, I would too. If I survived in the zombie apocalypse, I'd start smoking again, given the opportunity. <laughs> I, I can't blame you for that. It is the yeah, zombie well, apocalypse after all. Because yeah, at that point, it's not the smoking that's going to kill me. So <laughs> fair enough. You know, have at it. All right. So Daryl gets back to the bike. He starts fixing the broken tube. Then another military clad zombie starts crawling towards him. I don't think he has any legs, which is why he's kind of crawling or dragging himself along the ground with his hands. Mm-hmm. So he kills that, searches the body, finds more magazines, if I'm not mistaken, as well as some MREs, which is Yeah, fun. a couple of MREs, which is really nice. They Good. only have a shelf life of five years, but, uh, you know, you can get away with it. Yeah, probably. I think, I mean, I still have the ones here that you gave me. Sorry, it's a minimum of five years. Okay, there you go. They'll, they'll definitely be good for five years and then you never know. Yeah. I mean, they're good for 18 months if you store them at like 40 degrees Celsius. So if you put them in a, in a shipping container and leave them in the desert for a while, they're not going to last very long. But if you leave them out in your garage, uh, you know, being in Canada, they'll last 10 years. Like easy. I mean, if you throw them in your fridge and they'll, they'll last a long time, I bet. 
Yeah, or you could freeze them too. Third, you know, the packaging is pretty uh, robust. It's robust enough to survive freezing, so sure. that's that's no problem. Except the idea so, is you shouldn't have to freeze them because you take them with you and yeah, you they're know, shelf okay. stable. So yeah. so basically, what I'm saying, Chris, is that that MRE I gave you and the MRE pizza that you have as well. Yeah, you should definitely eat those because they're still good. I know I gave them to you years ago, but they're still good. Do you know how many years ago you gave them to me? Uh, Roughly? no, I do not. Probably around two or three or maybe longer. I think maybe Jasper wasn't even born yet. So we're looking, we're coming up on five years now, dude, for the MRE. The pizza has only been a couple of years. Sure. The other MRE. So he turns five this summer? Yes. Okay. So I probably should eat at least that one then soon. Try it. I mean, there's probably like a cookie in there or something. Like there's always a dessert in the MRE. So pull out the cookie or the muffin top or whatever it is. And there's going to be a piece of bread and some peanut butter and some jam. So, you know, have at it. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that. Maybe for Easter weekend coming up. Sure. I mean, it's good. <laughs> it probably will taste like ass, but that's not the point of an MRE. At least the I can say. The point of an MRE I, is to survive. Right. At least I can say I ate it and I survived. Yes. Okay, good. And eat the pizza. I will. That's probably still pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it is. All right. Well, we go back to Carol and she's back at home. She brings dog into the garage. She plugs in the hot pot and is making soup. (laughs) That's a rice cooker, isn't it? Well, she even referred to it as a hot pot earlier on. So if it's a rice cooker, it's doing double duty. It's acting as a hot pot. Okay. It's just, it, it looked like a big rice cooker to me and it only had one like button on it. Mm-hmm. So that's rice cooker, right? Cause you know, rice cookers primary job is cooking rice and you push that button and then it cooks the rice until the rice is cooked. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a rice cooker, so I'm not oh, sure. You should. Well, I, we just, the best. we just boil it like a normal person. No, but you, 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 it's fire and forget. You put in the water, you put in the rice, you push the button and it cooks it and it stops cooking it when it's done. It okay. knows because of the latent heat of uh, water when it boils, right? As soon as the temperature gets up to a hundred degrees Celsius, it's the water's boiling, right? As soon as the temperature starts to rise, that means all the water has boiled away or absorbed by the rice. So it knows to shut off. Oh. It's a and it doesn't do it electronically. It doesn't mechanically. It's actually pretty ingenious. Well, the rice cooker's smarter than me then, I guess. So, and you don't have to watch it. You don't have to worry about burned rice. You just, it just clicks and then it, st- it keeps it warm for as long as you want. So you could throw on the rice and uh, not have to worry about it for, you know, prep for the rest of the meal. Well, what do you think? Should I buy my wife a rice cooker for our anniversary this year? Absolutely. Okay, done. <laughs> I have a hard you know, time. I'll set a pot and some pots and pans would be better. No, but. I don't know. We have, we have those. We don't <laughs> yeah. have a rice cooker. I got my I got my wife or girlfriend at the time uh, a a mixer for Christmas one year. Yeah, and everybody's like, you can't buy kitchen appliances for your girlfriend for Christmas. I'm like, you don't know my girlfriend. She <laughs> loved it. She thought it was the best thing ever. Well, good God, man! After 21 years, it can be hard to come up with a gift sometimes. So, rice cooker. Oh, that is. was. That was back in the genius days. Now I got nothing. I'm like, what do you want for Christmas? I don't know. It's like, fuck, fuck now. <laughs> I got nothing. Nothing. You don't have to give me anything. That's the best answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where are we? Um, so she's, she's cooking the soup in this thing. And suddenly Carol realizes that the rat trap was sprung. So she goes over to check it out and basically picks it up and just pours the rat back out onto the ground. It just sort of slides out and starts mm-hmm. running around. I thought it was a really, really poor, uh, attempt at keeping that rat captive. Yeah. But you know, rats are wily. I guess so. But anyway, so Carol starts scrambling around the garage, trying to get the rat. Meanwhile, dog who was chasing it earlier is just standing there for some reason. Drooling. <laughs> yeah. But still, you'd think he'd be freaking out because there's a rat running around. Yeah. Not a very good dog. You know. Well, he's a good dog, but you know, maybe he only goes after undead things. Like, you know, or dead things. Well, the rat was alive earlier, but I don't know. Anyways, he's just standing there. Eventually the rat runs through a hole in the wall. They've made a big mess, you know, in the place. And Carol plugs up the hole with that scarf that she found earlier and was going to fix up. She jams it in the hole. And then the electricity goes off just to add insult to injury. Yeah. So no more electricity. We cut over to Carol that night. She goes to bed. Uh, Dog jumps up onto the bed. 
and she lets him stay, even after saying that was bold, which I think was funny. <laughs> uh, she talks to Dog again about missing Daryl a little bit. She mentions that the fight's gone out of her, right? I think she's feeling a little down and depressed. And then she wonders out loud if she should just leave and get out of everybody's hair. So Carol's just thinking of hitting the road alone again, which we've seen her yep. do before. Yep. So a commercial break, and then we come back to Daryl at night, still fixing his bike. That's all we see of him for now. Yeah, he has a flashlight, though. So I remember I was complaining about flashlights before. before. Yep. So apparently everybody's got working flashlights in this universe, so I'll, I'll have to move on. Well, you will, have to, it out here. you will have to move on or just accept the fact that they're solar-powered, and uh, that's it. He has a flashlight. Carol is woken up by dog, basically, like, walking all over her on the bed. I thought it was kind of funny watching him do that. She hears the rat scratching somewhere. Uh, quickly, we go to Daryl again. We see him starting up the bike and rides off into the darkness. So now he's fixed it. So he's good. Uh, back with Carol, she goes downstairs, back to the garage with Dog, and realizes that, you know, the rat's making noise in the wall there. So she starts cutting the wall above the rat hole. She makes a little hole, then starts stabbing it a little bit more violently, taking out bigger and bigger chunks, and eventually just kind of goes nuts, punching and smashing at this wall. And she takes most of the drywall off and then eventually collapses down, sitting against the wall, kind of spent. And Dog comes over and sits beside her, in, uh, which, <laughs> which was something else funny Dog did, because he sits down in the most awkward, I'm following <laughs> instructions from off-screen way. Yeah, we, you know, we wanted to give him a, uh, uh, a best supporting animal, uh, award previously, but yeah. in this episode, uh, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. I don't think it was dog's best outing despite him being adorable and me really enjoying the character. Uh, the way he walks over, turns around really robotically, kind of shakes his butt and then sits down and then lies down. I was like, Ooh, dog, I think you could have done another take on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought for sure when Carol started ripping the drywall out that she'd find a, uh, either a secret room or a vortex to another dimension or something. I thought she was going to find something surprising, but all she found was drywall on the other side. Yeah, and not even a rat either, which was kind of sad at the moment. No, because if you start making a bunch of noise like that, the rat's going to take off. I mean, what? You know, I'm sure that it's fine that she was expressing her anger and trying to, you know, exercise her anger in some way, but that rat is gone. Oh, yeah. Like, they're not going to hang around going, oh no, somebody with a knife ripping the wall down. I better hang out here because um, <laughs> they're going to want to why. They're going to want to meet me. Yeah. <laughs> well, dog sits down. We go to a commercial break. We come back in the morning and the power seems to be back on because the soup pot is sputtering away. Uh, definitely. It's definitely a rice cooker. Like I just, uh, as I'm watching, uh, as we talk about this, it's only got the one switch. Uh, and it, it's doesn't, it's not for making soup. Like you don't dial up whatever it is. Just let's get called one button. All I guess you could make soup in, in that, but all it does is boil water until all the water's gone. And that's not really a good soup, right? Well, no, but I mean, if you just need it to heat the water and the ingredients, it might work. I don't know. All right. Well, I somebody write in and tell, tell me what you can do with a rice cooker other than make rice. Cause all I make is rice but I'm sure there's other things that I could make. Uh, yeah, you're just cooker. not adventurous. You got to try it. I, uh, but I, you know, the problem is I really like just plain basmati rice. I think it's delightful. Okay. Well then rice cooker's perfect for you. Um, but anyways, I think the point is the pot, the power is back on, which is ah, yes. good. So yeah. she can finish cooking this thing. But in the zombie apocalypse, if you're going to make a soup, why do you need power? Like light a fire for crying out loud. Uh, agreed. It might even be a, well, definitely be an easier way to do it. You'd think. They, you know, they've been making soup for a lot longer than we had, uh, you know, rice cookers. So, <laughs> you know, get a barbecue, uh, light a fire, put the soup pot on it, mm -hmm. let her go. Campfire will make a great soup with some rocks and a, you know, a pot over it. So good. Well, yeah, you know, Carol's story from earlier, the rock soup. I mean, I'm sure they did that before they had electricity. You know, that guy shows up in a town, I'm going to make rock soup. He didn't make it on a stove or have a soup pot or soup cook cooker thing. 
they uh, they put it on a fire, and that's how they they before they even had refrigeration. Uh, you had a soup pot on. You never let it get cold. Right? I know. You just keep keep it going. That's right. You just keep going. You add water. You add some more meat. You add some more vegetables when it gets a little bit low, and just it becomes a, an ever evolving pot of soup and stew. Sounds that's delicious. It, it sounds great. Can you imagine uh, eating? Uh, a soup or a stew that has been cooking for six weeks. You know? <laughs> it's probably amazing, actually. It probably, it sounds delicious. Yeah, it really does. Make some rice to go with that, it'd be great. With another take, I've got a holy crap here from Hootie Perch. Holy crap! Did Carol just cook dog? <laughs> so, I didn't really know what she was talking about there. Very and, enthusiastically. yeah. And, uh, and then I went back and watched the scene and it's like, yeah, Carol sort of wakes up in the morning and we see the powers on and the pots bubbling. And I'm like, where's dog? Oh, oh my God. Did she put dog in the soup? But no, of course she didn't put dog in the soup. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, sure. She could make dog soup and that's fine. I uh-huh. guess. I mean, Daryl's going to lose a dog and that's sad, but you know, if you gotta eat, you gotta eat. Right. Uh, but I was thinking the two, you know, the two things that Carol was doing was trying to make soup uh, with ingredients that she finds just kind of around the house and trying to catch a rat. Uh And I'm like, and I thought for sure she was going to make rat soup. Yeah, but she doesn't catch the rat, but you're right. I mean, she, she goes out and picks some dandelions, basically dandelion rat soup. I mean, in a pinch, you could probably do worse. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, rats are dirty. But they're mostly dirty on the outside. But then again, fucking chickens are dirty too, oh, right? They're gross. Walking into a, a like a chicken pen is just, you know, chickens are gross. <laughs> chicken is good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So good point. Uh, yeah, you know, if uh, if you were hungry, yeah, I'd I'd make rat soup. I'd clean the rat, right? I wouldn't just like throw the rat in the pot. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I'd, I'd cook it. You'd give it a nice bath, you know, fluff it up a bit, then throw it in I'd the pot. Skin it. Got it. I know. <laughs> you know, get rid of the feet. <laughs> In the ears. <laughs> the ears. Maybe the eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I really, you know, call me, you know, civilized, I guess, but I really don't like to eat food that's looking at me. Not usually. No, not usually. Prawns. I remember eating prawns in Singapore and they left the heads on and stuff. I'm just like, I can't eat anything that looks at me. Well, can't do it. I can do it. Anyhow, we've got, uh, Carol cleaning up the debris from the wall, you know, I guess, uh, a little bit later, Jerry comes, knocks on the garage door. He's basically dropping in to check on her. Cause he's, he can tell she's kind of having a hard time the last couple of days. He's also worried about Ezekiel and the others, which I thought was a nice touch here to reference them. Because as far as everyone at Alexandria thinks, you know, hopefully they're safe or like on their way back now. But as we know, they are, may or may not be stuck in train cars with stormtroopers. So I thought it was nice that they made the reference here. Captured by the Empire. Captured by the Empire. Not good. Uh, Carol says that she's just having a bad day and Jerry breaks out an Ezekiel saying about friends. He says, a friend is someone who thinks you're perfect, even if everyone else thinks you're broken, which I thought was a really nice sentiment. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol implies that she might actually be broken and maybe Daryl has realized that finally, but Jerry solves everything with a nice big bear hug. I mean, if there's a dude on the show that I wouldn't mind hugging, it's Jerry. He's pretty cuddly. He really looks like it. As they're hugging, the rat runs by out of the garage. So goodbye, Mr. Rat, or at least goodbye for now. And she yeah, the invites, thing about rats is that if there's one rat, there's 50 rats. That's the thing. I know, but... We only see the one, so he moves on. And Carol invites Jerry in for some soup. So she actually did successfully make the soup and she shares it with Jerry. That's a nice thing too. And not with the rat. Not with the rat. And if, uh, and thank goodness that uh, she didn't encounter a rat king. You know what a rat king is? Yeah, where they're all, there's a whole bunch of them all connected together and it's gross and terrifying. They get all tangled up because they're all in a very confined space. So they're, and they're all in like, grossness and, and things and they get all kind of stuck together. And uh, I thought it was a made up thing, but, uh, it's real. I made the mistake of looking it up one time. Yeah. It's, it's not good. It's not, 
it's not a nice thing, no. but a rat king is a real thing. Real yeah. gross thing. Gross, scary, terrifying, and just nasty. I would never would not want to encounter one of those. Do not do an image search. Do not. I mean, there are worse things you could image search, but Rat King, yes. if you know, it's one of the things you just want to stay away from. I, I can suggest a couple of things not to search for. Well, I don't know if we should do that. You know, people <laughs> use your judgment. Don't search for anything that might be upsetting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good rule. Anyways, Daryl rides back in, so he's made it back now. Carol is fixing the wall. She puts the scarf around her neck briefly, but then takes it off and throws it in a bucket of rags. So I think she's <laughs> left that scarf project behind mm -hmm. uh dog runs out to greet daryl which is nice and they chat about what happened to each other because both of them kind of look rough which they acknowledge they have small talk about dog being good you know her making soup that kind of thing she offers his knife back to him but he says she can keep it because now he has a new one daryl says he's tired he's gonna go to sleep and she agrees they turn and they go into their respective houses. The end. There you go. And to diverged and then converged. They diverged for a little while and kind of converged at the end, but then went to their own houses, which I guess they're makes in, sense. They were in the same space. Well, okay. Right? Like their houses are touching each other, right? They're, so they're, I didn't know they were neighbors until now. Uh, unless that's Daryl's house and she was in his place the whole time. But she does walk back into the garage, so I don't know. I think she has her own place and it's adjacent to Daryl's place. I think that. Okay. Because uh, she went down a flight of stairs to go into Daryl. So maybe he's in the basement apartment and she's in the rest of the house. Yeah. She was sleeping upstairs, if you recall. So that could be it. Yeah. To cap things off here, I've got a final holy crap from Jeremy in Indy. Hey guys, it's Jeremy from Indy. And holy crap, did that suck. <laughs> and that's really all I got. Thanks guys. Thank you, Jeremy. So, Jason. Yeah. This episode was um, a little different. Uh, not, not so different from the other ones we've had in this pack of six. But what did you think of it? I really dislike this episode. <laughs> I mean, we spend a really large portion of an episode of The Walking Dead uh, with one of my favorite characters uh, over the last decade, Making soup for crying out loud. And barely and making was, soup. And that was the point of the episode, not the point, but that was like the major plot line of the episode was she was trying to make soup. Mm -hmm. I really, I felt, uh, I didn't, I did not like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really like it either. And it, that's, it's, it's strange because it had the hallmarks of, of a COVID episode, right? Three characters, yeah. the occasional like background person. We cut away from the zombie killing scene. We don't see her kill the zombies because, you know, you're too up close and things like that. Sure, we get some of that with Daryl, but, you know, Daryl being out there and fixing the bike and everything he had to go through to do that seemed really inconsequential. And Carol back in Alexandria, when, you know, interacting with Jerry, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But where is everybody else? You know what I mean? Like they're supposed yep. to be around. You could argue that they're busy doing their own things, rebuilding the town. But the place felt empty to me, you know. Yep. And you're right. It was Carol, you know, making soup trying to catch a rat and sort of dealing with her own mental state at the moment. Now that's fine, but I don't feel like we really progressed it very much. You know, Daryl kind of got into a situation, his bike broke down and he had to fix it in the dark with found parts. I mean, you know, that's a shitty apocalypse-y kind of thing, but it's, you know, realistic and you know, just a, a, a situation that probably he's had to go through a hundred times that we've never seen on camera before. Uh, but, you know, Carol making soup? Really? Well, you know, last week or maybe the week before, someone brought up the idea of day in the life of the zombie apocalypse episodes, right? Yeah. Characters doing stuff instead of dealing with a big threat, just doing things to survive. Like Father Gabe and Aaron out searching for food. 
that's that's something you'd have to spend an awful lot of time doing in the zombie apocalypse, unless you're growing your own. But even then, you probably have to go and scavenge for food. So that's kind of a day in the life thing. But that episode went somewhere else. It gave us it it gave us them, you know, the idea of them doing this and then showed us one particular incident that was re- interesting and stood probably stood out from the mundane um uh you know every the what's the word Mun- mundanity <laughs> yeah of the, the rest of it right yep okay and and that's then that's great in this episode we kind of got nothing but the mundane nothing out of the ordinary happened while we were watching these characters go about like a regular zombie apocalypse day and that's i think where it falls down uh for the most part now i do have the viewership numbers for this episode which i held on to until the end because i wanted to talk about sort of these things that we're talking about right now it's 1.94 million viewers so it's under two which is something we talked about but this episode is also one of the worst reviewed, like formally <laughs> reviewed in the history of the show. The current rating on IMDb is 4.3 out of 10. And as you know, that's just from people voting. So, yep. so the public can have an influence on that. If, if somebody doesn't, if, if a group of people really don't like something, they can pull the rating down by mass, like, yep. you know, voting. And that's the point. And I guess that's the point. Yeah. But 4.3 is really low for The Walking Dead. Now, last week was only 5.1, which is also really low for The Walking Dead. That was the princess episode. Most of the episodes over the other nine seasons, and and, in fact, you know, 10 seasons, rate over seven, seven or higher. Right. So that's pretty solid for any show, especially one that's been going this long. But here we have one last week, 5.1 and this one, 4.3, which I don't know for sure, but is probably the lowest rated one ever on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes comes in at a 33% for this episode, which is also pretty rotten (laughs) by their scale. (laughs) Very tomatoey. Very rotten tomatoey. And then I've got a few quotes here from actual TV critics, uh, about this one. Alex McLevy from the AV club said, when people talk about the walking dead, like it's running on fumes, this is the kind of episode to which they're referring. Right. Running on fumes. Nick Romano at entertainment weekly called this one inconsequential, which I think is a word I used a couple of minutes ago. Eric Kane at Forbes said, not only is diverged the worst of the bonus season 10 episodes so far. It's basically the worst episode since Angela Kang took over as showrunner. I think yeah. that's probably a true statement because I've been I, really happy with almost everything she's done. I can't find any falsehood in that. And now just to be fair, <laughs> or at least sort of fair, I have one quote here from Paul Daly at TV Fanatic who says... It will be one of those polarizing hours because it was another deep dive into characters who have been a part of the series since the beginning. For that reason alone, Diverged was one of my favorite episodes in a long time. So Paul Daly really liked it. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't hold that against him because, you know, whatever, it's his opinion. And we are talking about characters that we've been with since basically the beginning. I think that's the reason many people don't like them, but he took the opposite approach and said, these are characters we know they're very deep. We're seeing them do something a little bit different. And I guess it worked for him. Yeah, I can, uh, I can see the point. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. Right. Yeah. I hear you. So I just wanted to run through all that because it was pretty uh, clear that most people out there were pretty down on this one. And, you know, if you wanted to call an episode filler, any episode filler, this is a candidate (laughs) for that, I would say. Yeah, filled up with soup. Filled up with soup. This is a soupy episode. Very soupy. I mean, you know, I've never really been a big fan of soup, but in the last uh, couple of years, I'm really starting to enjoy soup. Yeah, a soup is actually one of my favorite foods. My wife is an unbelievable soup 
chef. Uh, she has perfected four or five different soups <laughs> that, nice. that I love, the kids love, everybody loves. We look forward, you know, we have soups like twice a week at least. Really? Different ones, yeah, for, for dinner. And uh, we all look forward to those nights. So um, I'm, a, I'm a huge soup fan, but it's not the most exciting thing to watch on TV. <laughs> now, before we wrap up here, is there anything we can take, any positives we can take from this episode, Jason, just in that it explored Carol's mental state a little bit? I mean, I do think that's important to explore, and I think that can be an interesting thing to look at on a TV show. And she's clearly going through some stuff, which is not unusual for her. She's got some rage and frustration that, uh, you know, we get to see, mm -hmm. you know, out damn spot kind of things, very Shakespearean kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, she gets obsessed by something and then rages against it when, uh, when she's not able to, you know, get the spot out or cat, catch the rat. Yeah. Damn rats are in the walls, but that's, that's gotta be really frustrating to have fucking rats in your walls. I think it would drive me nuts too. And I'd probably start tearing down walls to get at them. Oh yeah. A friend of mine had rats, uh, in his uh, kitchen floor and he tore out the whole kitchen to, to kill them. And he did, and they didn't come back. So I'm happy yeah, for well, him, but boy, I wouldn't want to be in his position. Yeah. Cause the next step after that is burning the house down. <laughs> totally. You know, when in doubt, burn it to the ground. <laughs> and start over. <laughs> that's, that's what I always say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Um, I, I do think there's something interesting in Carol's mental state, but I'm just not sure we really got it here. What did, what did we learn about her? That she's suffering a little bit. So we sort of know that, you know, she's upset about her, her recent relationship, uh, or maybe lack of relationship with Daryl. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking to herself, maybe I should just run away again. So yep. it does in a way set up the idea that she's going to leave and maybe she leaves with Daryl, right? Maybe this is what sort of puts them on the road to wherever it is they're going in the Daryl and Carol happy hour show. I don't know, but yeah, if she wants to bug her off and Daryl doesn't give a shit, so maybe they just leave. Yeah, they might. Um, we made a wager, uh, many episodes ago about what episode they would be their last one, I think, if you recall. So I need to go back and check what we said, because we need to make good on that and find out when they do, uh, when they do leave. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to figure out what episode that was. I, I think I said I was going to write it down, but guess what? I never did. So now I got to go well, do the work and figure it out. You should probably start at episode eight or nine and just listen to them all. Well, you know what? There are listeners out there that have done that, so maybe someone can help me out. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. I couldn't, no, I couldn't do it. Well, I don't think I would either, but I think there's an easier way to figure out what that is. But anyways, that's besides the point. I will do that soon. There's no rush. We still have season 11 and uh, Daryl and Carol are going to be in that one. All right. Well, I am extremely curious, everyone, what you all thought of this episode. If you have, if you loved it, if you hated it, if you're somewhere in between, or if you just have general thoughts on, on what you saw. So let's, uh, let's collect some feedback on this one for our feedback show in a couple of nights on Thursday this week. Uh, really, really looking forward to hearing from you all about that. How can you send us the feedback you may ask? Well, if you're new or if you're not, I'll remind you, go to talkingdeadpodcast.com, click on send voicemail at the top to send in a message that way. Also recording on your smartphone is a good idea and you can email us those recorded files. Try to keep them reasonably short. I don't mind longer ones sometimes, but if they're too long, sometimes I edit out a bit. So, uh, you know, be concise if you can and always let us know your name and where you're from. I don't remind people about that enough and it's always so cool to, uh, hear where people listen from. So please do that. Yeah. Um, I don't read last names as you know, I just keep it to first names and, uh, but, but where you're from is always exciting. Uh, or go to our website. Uh, no, don't go to the website. Well, do if you want to, but you can also send email just <laughs> don't to go to our website. I mean, we'd spend a lot of time. You spend a lot of time working on that. Uh, why bother? I mean, a long time. Yeah, it's been up for a while, but Hey, uh, what I was trying to say is email, send email to talking dead podcast at gmail.com. I'm all confused. It must be the coffee. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think so. I don't Rattled know. your brain. It's clearly something's going on in there. Um, and visit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the talking dead. All right. Now that I've managed to get all that out, send it in. Can't wait to hear what you thought of this episode. We'll compile it all for Thursday night on the feedback show. But until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.